Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Now today, we continue our series on prayer. I thought I was going to do this Last time we met, but the Lord had other plans, and the Lord rose Jeremiah up to give us a mighty word of encouragement. They're uh, preaching this morning in Florence, Alabama. Thank you, Otis. And I want to um, continue with this series on moving mountains, learning to pray with passion and power. Well, we've said all along, and I'm not going to great, they're, they're, they're on the website. Uh, some of you get our podcast, which is a great way to get it right there on your cell phone or your iPad. Brother Wayne will tell you how to get that done. But we've talked about the place of prayer, and that is... <clears throat> 2 Chronicles 7 tells us that when the temple was dedicated, God said about the temple, my heart and my eyes will be here perpetually. This shall be a house of prayer. We find out why Jesus was so angry and overthrew the money changers and drove people who bought and sold in the temple because he said, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, and you've turned it into anything but. And those of you who are listening to me, if wherever you go to worship, if it's not a house of prayer, you might want to challenge leadership to get prayer as the heart of that where you worship, because can I tell you something? It's the heart of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 19 tells us that the house of prayer has moved. It's not in a geographical building anymore. What do you not know? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God. So in your inner man, God is looking with his eyes and his heart is on your inner man to see what is going to be prayed for. Do you know I believe that when you got up this morning, your heavenly Father was searching your inner heart to see what you were going to be breathing in prayer. As soon as you became conscious today, did you begin to recognize that the eyes and the heart of your Father was right there in your inner man. That's where his eyes and heart were, longing to hear from you as his son or daughter. Were you conscious of that, or were you squirreling around on your iPhone or cell phone? Were you thinking about the weather and trying to decide whether to come or not? Were you listening to the news, or were you getting into, I know that's hard preaching, but my job is to reprove, rebuke, and exhort. I don't like it, but I'm, that's part of my job. It is the eyes and the heart of God. That's where, they, that's where the eyes and the heart of God is, is in our inner man, to see what's coming in the house of prayer. We're his sons and daughters. 
We talked about that precious place of prayer. And then we also talked about how prayer is the partnership vehicle that God uses to make changes in this earth. Why did God choose prayer as the vehicle through which he would accomplish change? I don't know. That's his choice. We talked about how out of Philippians chapter 1 and out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, how the Apostle Paul, whom God used to write 13 books of the New Testament, how the Apostle Paul said, I got to a place to where I didn't even want to live anymore. I despaired even of life. I didn't want to go on. But by the Holy Spirit's inner witness and your prayers, God delivered me. Our prayers are the partnership vehicle that God chooses to do certain things. And I don't understand this, but there are certain things He has chosen not to do except through the vehicle of prayer. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Without Him, we can't. And without us, He won't. It's a partnership. God is always at work. He is trying to find somebody, some of, his, some of his sons and daughters who will just agree with what he's doing. Jesus said, my father is always working. But what do we have to do? Submit in that place of prayer to God. How do you, how do you want to use me? I gave my own testimony of how, well, 13 years ago, I was on my way out of here and asked God to let me come home. I was done. And how so many of you in this room called out to God and asked Him not to let this be the end of my journey. How you partnered with God, many of you through prayer and fasting, many of you on your knees, many of you crying out with heart cries, many of you coming to a hospital, many of you coming to our ministry headquarters, many of you right where you were, and you partnered with God to heal me and keep me here all these 13 years, better than I was 13 years ago. It's a partnership. It is a place where God's eyes and ears are. But today, I want us to understand that there is an agenda to keep our prayers powerless, and it is hatched by the liar and the father of lies. John, John 8, 44, Jesus said that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. When he speaks, he cannot tell the truth. It's not his nature. There is an agenda for us to be rendered powerless in our prayers. There are actually three ways. Number one, we don't understand how affected we are by this world. By this world, I'm not talking about the geographic earth. I'm talking about the system where we all live, the system of business and education and entertainment and political structure. It is a system. It is this world. And if we're not careful, this world will poison the place of prayer. It'll poison us and get us distracted. But remember what the Word says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that this world lies, this world, the God of this world system 
blinds the eyes to keep us from believing. Believing what? The truth. The truth about God. This enemy blinds our eyes. And 1 John 5, 19 says, the whole world, this system, lies under the influence of the evil one. Did you know that entertainment and political structure and business and education and everything in this world system has the influence of the enemy on it? And if we're not careful, we will allow the influence of the enemy to poison the inner place of prayer. And it will cripple you. The world, there is an agenda to keep us from praying. And secondly, what the enemy perpetuates is the lie that you interpret how your father feels about you through your past or present circumstances. We've all prayed and asked God to change something and it didn't immediately change and we have all said, well, it just wasn't His will. You got to be careful about that. When we talk about coming to know a loving Father who loves you more than you can comprehend except by revelation of the Spirit, it's easy to interpret how the Father feels about you based on what happened to you as a child, what happened to your mom or your dad or your brothers and sisters, or what happened to you personally. It is so easy to interpret how your Father feels about you based on the absence of a human father or the presence of a father who didn't do so good in your house. You know what all of us need to do? We need to get before God and say, Lord, please, by your Spirit, begin to chip away and destroy those preconceived notions and ideas. Please clear the lens out of which I'm looking where I have a misguided view of who you really are and how you really feel about me. You can't make that determination based on the circumstances of your life. The truth about your father has to come from the revelation of the Word of God. And that comes through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only way that we can accurately know the truth. And, and because this world system tries to suck us in and paralyze us from living and walking in our rights as children, as sons and daughters, primarily through looking through the wrong lens, an absence of perspective, and we begin to operate as if we're distant from the Father. I've mentioned this before. You know, many of us talk about what a loving father is, but we still operate with an orphan mentality. We still long for somebody to listen to us. We still long for somebody to just love us unconditionally. And what really restrains us from that so many times is that we have allowed ourselves to believe the lie that our father is something less than what His Word says He is. I want you to turn to Psalm 139 with me. 
a very familiar passage of Scripture. I won't linger here long, but I want to remind you of some things that you may intellectually know. But I find myself reminding myself of this over and over again. One of the reasons why we don't pray with passion and power is because we don't have the right perspective of how our Father loves us. Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. I asked the men this the other day. You know how many times you sit down and stand up during the course of a day? Are you counting? Do you know that your father knows how many times you sit down and how many times you stand up? Why? Because he's paying attention. Not because he just has some knowledge stored in that vast mind of his. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thought from afar off. Sometimes I can't even understand my own thoughts. But how many of you know you've got a father who understands what you're thinking before it ever is conscious on your mind? You comprehend my path and my lying down. You understand where I'm going. You understand when I have to lay down and rest and I think it's a waste. You're acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot attain to. See, we don't understand that we have a Father who is intimately in love with us. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. He knows every path you take. He knows every thought before it even comes into your mind, and every word before it comes off your lips. He's intimately acquainted with you. And even though he knows all that, he's laid his hand on you. He's not slapping you around. He's laid his hand on you. Talks about the very powerful presence of the Lord. You know what Ephesians 1, 3 through 7 says, don't you? It says that the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's caused you to be in Christ Jesus so that in His eyes you are holy and righteous and blameless and loved. You are forgiven and accepted just as Jesus is accepted. Oh, that we'd get revelation of it. Hebrews 13, 5 says that we, He will never forsake us nor leave us. Now I want to show you something else. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 17. I want to remind you of something briefly here. John 17. This is Jesus' prayer for you and me right before he left. He says there in verse 23, I and them and you and me, Father, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Do you know what Jesus is praying for you right now? He's praying that somehow you'll begin to get revelation that he loves you as much as he loved Jesus. 
Now let that sink in for you just a minute. You say, I don't know about that, Pastor. Go down to verse 26. Jesus said, Father, I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it. Why? That the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus is praying that we will get revelation that he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus is praying that you and I would get it. This is his prayer recorded for us in Holy Scripture. That we would begin to understand that your Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And that love might live and abide and dwell in you. Now everybody listen to me real carefully. Especially those of you who are really struggling with your self-image. And you're basing it on circumstances or feelings or past things that have happened to you. Would you begin to cry out for God to give you revelation of how he sees you as his daughter, as his son? Because can I tell you something? When you get revelation of how your father feels about you, you will never feel inferior to another man or woman the rest of your life. Amen. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you have or don't have. I don't care what color of your skin is. Get revelation of how your father loves you and you will never feel inferior to another man or woman again. Hallelujah. So the absence of perspective keeps us from praying with passion and power. God, give us revelation of your love. In the absence of the revelation of his authority, you remember what Jesus said right after he had been crucified, buried, ascended, or about to ascend, right before he ascended, he said, recorded for us in Matthew 28, 18. Everybody knows 19 and 20, right? Go you therefore. Do you know 18? Do y'all know Matthew 28, 18? Nobody's talking to me, because so I'm going to come back here and talk to y'all. I love this back row. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and... Where, Brother Johnny? On, in heaven and where? On earth belongs to who? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to who? All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Who has final authority over your life? All authority in heaven and on earth. God, give us a revelation of that. Turn with me to Ephesians 3. I want you to see this. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Now, before you get to 3, I want you to go to 1. Ephesians 1 
And I want to show you something the Lord showed me this, this week. Hot off the presses. Chapter 1 of Ephesians, verse 15. Are you there? Watch this. We need to get revelation not only of how our Father feels about us, but of the authority of Jesus. Verse 15 of Ephesians 1, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not see, and this is what I've begun praying for you, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In other words, I want you to get it more and more. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say the hope of the glory of the saints' inheritance in the Father. It said so that you will understand the riches of the glory of his inheritance, what the Father inherited through Jesus that is in you. The Father inherited you. That's what he was all about through Jesus. And I want you to understand and get revelation, he says, of the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Everybody say, that's me. According to the power of his the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion this is mentioned by Paul on several occasions as being spiritual hierarchies of evil spirits Jesus is seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Do you know that the, the prayer is that we would get revelation of his mighty love and hope, but we'd also get revelation of his power that's working in us. It is resurrection power. It is ascension power. It is power that is vested in the one who is above every name, who has all authority over every demon spirit, who has all authority over the governments of this nation and around the world. There is a name that is above every name. And what did he do with the authority that Jesus has? Verse 22. He put all things, the Father put all things under his, Jesus' feet. And then gave him to be head over all things to the church. Didn't give him to the government, didn't give him to the world, gave him to the church. How far under? the authority, then the resurrection power of Jesus do we live. Polluted by this world, our eyes off him who has all authority. 
gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You're familiar with Philippians 2. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the very form of God, did not even consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. He already had it, but laid aside his rights and privileges as God and humbled himself by becoming a man, a servant, and therefore obedient even to the point of death. God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Do you believe that? No, 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 no. In that house of prayer, do you pray like you believe that? Do you pray like you really believe that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus? God teaches to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and let thy kingdom come. Let what's happening in heaven be done on the earth. Do you pray with revelation of his heart for you, his love for you as his daughter, his son? Do you pray with revelation of the authority that he has, his great and awesome power? John 1.3 says that this word that became flesh in him were all things made that were made. Mark 11, Jesus said, and I want you to turn with me there today in Mark 11, turn back to the left. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, you know it. Verse 17, I'm sorry. Verse 22, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That is, when he has faith in God, God's the origin of the faith. When he speaks to mountains in line with the word and the will of God, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. You receive them by faith in the spirit realm and you will, future, have them in manifestation in your circumstances. But don't forget verse 25, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. When you're praying passionately, it will close the door if you choose not to forgive. I sat down one day before the Lord to write down on a sheet of paper everybody that I needed to forgive. And I asked the Holy Spirit to bring into my mind all those I needed to forgive. And I thought I'd have two on there. You ever done that? You better not ask the Holy Spirit to show you he need to forgive if you're not serious. Whoo, line after line after line. The Lord took me back 
and brought me through my life. And after I saw the list, I didn't even want to do it anymore. I said, God, I desperately, I desperately want mountains to move. I desperately want to obey you. And I'm not doing this because I want to, but I'm doing this because you told me it was essential. And so I get in agreement here with you, Lord. And I went through every name, and I say, I hereby in Jesus' name. I forgive you, and I crossed them off the list in Jesus' name. I want to tell you, I walked away from there a whole lot more free than I was when I sat down. And you know something else? I began to see more prayers answered too. How about that? Church, this is a place of grace and mercy. You know why? Because we've all been forgiven. And we have to grant forgiveness. Amen. But it's the absence of faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it's impossible to please them. I'm amazed at Mark 6, verses 5 and 6. I am still amazed to this day. Jesus was going about doing great miracles, and he came to his hometown, and the word says he could not. He could not. Not he would not. He could not do many mighty things there because of their unbelief. Wow. Do you know that our unbelief provides an atmosphere in which mighty things don't happen? It quenches mighty things from happening. Unbelief. Unbelief. Our choices do make a difference. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Matthew 17, 18 through 20 The disciples came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast this demon out? And he said, because of your unbelief. You just don't believe. Could not do many mighty things in unbelief. Will hamper us from seeing mountains moved as we pray. Do you know that your citizenship is in heaven, Colossians 3, 1 through 3? God has designed and called us out and established our inner reborn man as the house of prayer. Establish our inner reborn person as the house of prayer. And he has supernaturally decided that it is in our house of prayer that we learn to cooperate with him and he uses us mightily, not to mention gives us revelation of how he loves us and cares for us. Why is that? We close with this in Romans 8. I want you to see briefly why. Why is it true? Chapter 8 of Romans in verse 15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ.
Why are we acting like slaves and employees instead of sons and daughters? Because we don't have revelation of how our Father treasures us. I love the wonderful passage in Exodus that says, For you are a treasure above all the peoples on the earth. His covenant people. You're a treasure. I want you to bow your heads with me, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Are you ready? Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, give me greater revelation of how vital my inner man the house of prayer is to you. I decide this day to make my inner man that place of priority in which prayer is made between me and you. And we're talking about ongoing conversation here, ladies and gentlemen. We're not talking about a planned speech or a recital. We're not talking about trying to talk him into something he's reluctant to do. Now pray this with me. In the name of Jesus, I ask that the Holy Spirit tell me the truth. Reveal to me where I have missed it. Give me deeper revelation that I'm my Father's treasure. Break the power of past experience. Break the power of the wrong lens through other people, life circumstances, and give me greater knowledge of the Word of God and the truth that my Father's heart and His eyes are in me and on me, that I'm His treasure. Can you see if you get greater revelation of that where your prayers would become more passionate and powerful? Would you understand that if you were to really get revelation that all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus? Would you, would you get, if you got revelation that every demonic spirit is under the feet of your Lord Jesus Christ and you can lay hold of that authority 24-7, you don't have to win the battle, it's already been won. You just have to enter into what's already been done by your faith and the confession of your mouth. Oh, mighty Father. Dear God, give us greater revelation, Lord, of what prayer means to you and the connection it is with you. By your Spirit and your Word, break the power of preconceived notions and ideas that are hurting us, Lord. Bring us to conviction. Bring me to conviction. I will repent. Greater revelation of your love and greater revelation of the authority that we have as the church conveyed on us by the head, the Lord Jesus. Now bless these, O God. Continue to minister to them. Father, in Jesus' name, protect them. Encourage them, counsel them, energize them. 
bless them, turn hopeless situations around, call them up and call them out by your voice of hope. May they get revelation of the hope that is in your calling. May they get renewed with the strength of the resurrected Jesus that abides on the inside of them. May they begin to walk in that authority that is received by faith, that is theirs in Christ Jesus. Open our eyes, Lord. Teach us to pray. We ask all of these things in the mighty and holy name of Jesus and all the people said. We'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.